Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's go, baby. Let's freaking go. Tigers win. Tigers win. As we will, (laughs) throughout this episode, do a little bit of a watch party as Kentucky is up 4-2 on Indiana. Who's coming to Baton Rouge this Friday? I want the Wildcats, baby. I want the Wildcats. Give me the Wildcats. I hope (laughs) me saying that is uh, not going to come back and burn me in the arse. But feeling good, feeling super like my name is Clark Kent. You know, as much as we made of the news yesterday of LSU struggling with runners in scoring position. I think they're out of their slump. Uh Uh-oh. I think LSU's out of their slump. Both times. Let's call it what it is. Both times. A guy that has not been an everyday starter for you. Josh Pearson coming up to the plate. An absolutely wrecking shop. Dylan Cruz is the best player probably to ever put on an LSU uniform. We let the struggles of him of late make us look past that, but he is your regional MVP 
as he hit 615. Six or six was it 645 or 615, Zach? Absolutely dominating the baseball in back-to-back days, in back-to-back games. Hayden Travinsky goes back to back along with Kay Beloso. His team got hot, man. And you know what? If you're going to get performances like that, if you can get three and two-thirds, four innings from Riley Cooper, you can be dangerous in in a game three scenario. You can be dangerous. Ty Floyd getting out of trouble. And look, Riley Cooper pitching out of trouble today a lot. You want to know the turning point of this game? Bottom of the third. Riley Cooper walks to. Bazana has the sacrifice bunt. Cooper gets the ground ball to Jordan Thompson. He fields it clean, rifles that puppy into home for a 6-2 fielder's choice, and then a ground ball to Trey Morgan. You get out of the inning. You had their best hitters in order right then. You turn around in the top of the fourth. Hayne Dravinsky goes, yeah, yeah. Up the middle. <laughs> Not yet. Hits a single. Beloso hits a single. Dugas is hit by a pitch. Joe Bear is hit by a pitch. That's, that is run one. Jordan Thompson would get the sack fly RBI. So runners in scoring position, you are doing your job. Anytime you get more than one run with runners in scoring position, you are doing your job. And then here comes Josh Pearson with the two RBI triple in the in the right center field. Massive day for your Tigers, man. Massive day for your Tigers. Nate Ackenhausen struggling? Not a big issue. Because here came Griffin Herring and had multiple inning or an inning where he would go one, two, three in the t- in the bottom um was the bottom of the seventh and looked really good for a freshman. Let me also say this as well. I'm really glad that Dylan Cruz did not get hurt trying to field that ball in the bottom of the ninth. That would have been deadly. You would not have recovered from that. We will talk on this game as LSU advances to the Supers. Who will they play? Will it be Indiana or Kentucky? Wes Johnson is heading to Georgia. This is something that's been rumbling out there for a while now, and I will tell you, Pete Thamel is a blithering idiot. Jay Johnson today said that he wanted to tell his team. As he mentioned, this has been done about five days, but I will tell you this, as God is my witness, when you played Georgia a couple weeks ago, that that interview went down. That interview went down. With that being said, Wes Johnson did not do anything without Jay Johnson full knowledge of the situation. A lot of you were saying, oh, well, there goes the arm injuries. You do know that everywhere in the country, guys have issues with their elbow, and Tommy John is a big thing. This is not a Wes Johnson issue. Javen Coleman tore his UCL and Wes Johnson had nothing to do with it. 
The Appleby kid tore his UCL, had nothing to do with it. Are you going to blame him for those two? No, you won't because you shouldn't. We'll talk on some candidates. We'll talk on just the impact it means. It's obviously good that you have Wes Johnson that's going to continue throughout the Supers. And if you were are to get into Omaha, and look, here's the truth. This comes from Paul Skeens' mouth it's himself. If it weren't for Wes Johnson, he wouldn't be here. Where would you be without Paul Skeens? Say that again. Where would you be without Paul Skeens? You can hate Wes Johnson all you want to. He is regarded as one of the best pitching coaches in the country. You do know a year ago, around a year ago, you legitimately could have looked up in the Major League Baseball pitching statistics and the Twins were leading all of Major League Baseball. You know who their pitching coach was? I'm sure you remember his name was Wes Johnson. We'll talk on that the impact uh, that he will have on Georgia. Alabama still has a coaching search that they're going after uh, as well, and maybe some candidates that Jay uh, can do that. I know people will say, um, you know, you, you I don't want to go on a complete tangent on this guy, but let me just mention this as well. Pete Thamel, guys, I've been in this game for a, a while now coming up on 10 years that I've been in this game, all right? Pete Thamel knew what he did, okay? He shouldn't have done it that way. He should have let LSU's win breathe. The simple fact that Jay and Wes had to call the team up at the end of the game because some freaking idiot wanted to run a column and break some news. Well, Blake, it's a job. I get it's a job. You, you let it breathe. Kendall, Kendall's not running that. I promise you this, as the, probably one of the more known secrets around the community of West getting interviews, nobody at LSU was going to run that. Anybody in the know. A lot of coaching carousel things have happened with over the last couple weeks. As I mentioned to you, we broke the news about Bobby Barbier going to be the new head coach at Southeastern, my alma mater. Okay. There are levels to this thing, man. Do you really think I want to run something on a Saturday at 4.30? Frick no, I don't. Hell no, I don't. Not even remotely close. But here we are. What guys like Pete Thamel seem to completely forget is what your duty is and your fiduciary roles. Oh, well, Georgia told me to run it. Well, suck on that, Pete. You were told not to run the Brian Kelly story either so that Brian Kelly could get back to South Bend and tell his team that he's coming to LSU. Twice you've done this to LSU within a, within a matter of 18 months, okay? If he does it again, there needs to be consequences. There needs to be consequences, Let's get to a couple comments, though, before we get uh, rolling. Let me mention this. We got Mar Mark Garland joining us uh, around 735, 740-ish, I believe. He covers Oregon State. We'll chop it up with him 
uh, about this regional. Uh, what did he see from an outside perspective? I mean, obviously, he's going to tell you the truth. What did he see from LSU? How far can they get there? Uh, Jeremy Marshall says Southern Southern Miss is pitching coach would be good. Well, Coach Oz is going to be the new head coach at Southern Miss. Their head coach, Scott Barry, is retiring at the end of the year, so you cannot go get Coach Oz. You cannot go get his uh, Coach Oz. So, it stinks, but Oz knew what he was waiting for, and it's why he turned Jay down. Uh, I will tell you this, full disclosure, full disclosure, Jay Johnson met with Coach Oz, the Southern Miss pitching coach, around a year ago and offered him the house. Okay? With that being said, Oz turned it down probably and more than likely knowing uh, what was going to happen with Coach Barry. So, before we get rolling in all of this, let me just say, let me just say, Jay has a damn good idea where he's going. Okay. Brandon Reese says, it's going to be interesting to see who Jay Johnson ends up choosing to replace Wes. Yeah, I don't really get I, – I, I really don't um, – I, I really don't get um, – so, so, I just don't get people, man. Jeremy, this isn't happening. He says, I vote for Ben McDonald to be our next pitching coach. LOL, that's not happening. The one thing that I hate about Wes Johnson leaving is there will actually be people that will say Ben McDonald. Guys, I don't mean this in a wrong way. I, I Like, I really, really, really don't. I love Ben McDonald more than anybody. I love Ben McDonald more than anybody. But if your take is go hire Ben McDonald, okay, Ben would probably tell you he doesn't want it, okay? But – let me throw this your way. Do you remember Wes Johnson making a mound visit all weekend? Do you remember Wes making a mound visit all weekend? He made one to Skeens, that's it. And it was a situational thing that he wanted to tell Skeens, and that's it. Wes is a good coach, man. Y'all can hate it, love it, doesn't matter. Uh, Chance Babin says, Malazzo is growing a mustache that looks like uh, the son of Travinsky's stash. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Jason Baker says, and Jay, I trust, especially after this weekend. Yeah, you should. And look, I admitted, I did not understand why you throw skeins on a Friday against Tulane. But Jay, like Jay said today, you know, one thing that we, um, you know, at least I did not anticipate was the weather delays, weather, all that stuff. I did not anticipate that. That's on me for not thinking of stuff like that. But that is why Jay is better and will always be a better head coach than any of us ever will be. He looks at that. And look, people saying that they don't like it doesn't mean anything. Okay. People are can have their opinion, and I was wrong in it. I was wrong in it, and if you follow this show long enough, I am not, I am not scared to say and admit when I'm wrong. But I was. Uh, Chris Lomax says we need do guys to start getting hot. Well, 
I know he had the absolute missile down the uh, first baseline, the little dribbler that got reviewed. I mean, that was a piss rocket. My man hit a bomb, though. My man hit an outright bomb. I think it was the uh, top of the seventh. Yeah, top of the seventh. Uh, He was the first guy to come to the plate. And we're going to go through all this. We're going to go through all of it. But he hits an outright missile into left center field. Look, man, your bats are hot. And you could say, well, you know, <laughs> Oregon State's arms and pitching, but, but man, you've already took two of three from Kentucky, right? And Kentucky is in the bottom of the seventh right now against Indiana, still up two. And Zachy, our produ- producer, Zach, is going to keep you in tune uh, with all of that. Uh, Stephen Young says, Ben is old school. I doubt he's up to date with the new tech and metrics. Today's cutting edge terms. Uh, I think Ben's pretty up to date, man, to be honest with you. I just, you, look, man, listen, like, let's end something today. Let's end something today, okay? Let's end this for what it's worth. Like, when LSU got a new defensive line coach, remember when, um, Jamar Kane went to the Broncos. I, I, we would post something about a candidate, and dude, we would have a laundry list of people. Go hire Marcus Spears, guys. Marcus Spears has no business never being a coach in his life, being a D line coach at LSU. I love Marcus Spears more than anybody. But if you're not going to let Kevin Falk just walk in and be the running backs coach, as an example, neither should neither should you allow Marcus Spears. Now, remember how that went with Kevin Falk, I might add. And Kevin's my guy. But Kevin will tell you, I mean, and Kevin went through some really, really tough stuff as well. All right, a couple more before we get rolling. Kevin Abair says, I feel better about the bullpen already. You should. You should. I mean, look, Griffin Herring. I mean, Griffin Herring. He didn't look bad. And you went with a left-handed approach, and it worked. It's something that we talked about deeply last night. Something we talked about deeply last night. It worked for you. It worked for you. All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. If you're listening to us on Facebook, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. We greatly appreciate you doing that. If you're listening to us on YouTube, share it to everywhere. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button there as well. If you're listening to us on the TuneIn app, SiriusXM, or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate you joining us here tonight. And if it's the first time that you've joined AYS, welcome Welcome, welcome. All right, let's talk about it, though, our good friends over at GM Vardo and Sons and our good friends over at Ben Online. Stay with us. I'm going to come out the gate. We're going to talk a little bit about Wes Johnson. Then we'll talk about the regional and going into the Supers. We got a lot to discuss. Who's LSU's next pitching coach? Talk about it next. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all 
of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Bardo & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Barno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're, We're back. <laughs> Les Miles in the chat says, Wes Johnson's not a very good pitch caller. Whoever Jay hires needs to be a better pitch caller. Okay. <sighs> I'm not answering that buffoonery. I'm not answering that buffoonery. Let me just, let me, before I even entertain this whole Wes Johnson sucks thing, let me just say this. Paul Skeens may be the best, the best pitcher to ever put on a Tiger uniform. Paul Skeens has legitimately come out and said, the reason that I'm here, obviously for reasons, Jay Johnson being one, LSU being the program that it is, that has a big thing to do with it. Per Paul Skeens, the word-for-word verbiage, the reason that I am here, is because of Wes Johnson. I want to be developed by the best, and he's been the best. I promise you, I promise you, that you are not the only team in the country that has situations where you have really good arms that go down. Arkansas lost today to TCU. Ask them about that. Oregon State coming into your own regional. Their Friday and Saturday night guy went down. I know that this may come as a little bit of surprise to you, but maybe you should do a little bit of research about how many guys have to have Tommy John surgery, UCL, etc. before you utter, utter that anything. What, what, oh, you, you said that Wes Johnson didn't call for Paul Skeens to throw a slider and you wanted him to throw a fastball? Is that what it is? You do know that Wes Johnson gives the guys on the mound the ability to shake a pitch off if they're not feeling it. 
Paul Skeens literally has done it all year. It's interesting because over the last couple of weeks, what have we talked about? Oh, man, Ty Floyd is really coming into his own. Ty Floyd looks really good. Thatcher Hurd had a career-high strikeouts of 12 yesterday. 12. Have you not seen the growth of him? Not seen the growth of Gavin Gidry, etc. Here's what I will tell you. I think that Wes Johnson, and it, if you talk to any coach around the country, any coach around the country, Wes Johnson is considered the filet mignon, or I don't even like filet mignon, to be honest with you. He is the, the prime rib. He is the creme de la creme when it comes to pitching coaches. Georgia got a good one. Georgia got a good one. That's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So I see a lot of you that are in the chat right now hating on Wes Johnson. But the man literally a year ago today, had the number one pitching staff in all of Major League Baseball. Name a starting pitcher. Name a starting pitcher from the Twins right now. I dare any of you. Now, some of you that follow the sport, you will know. But if you're a casual, if you're a casual, please name one. Please name one. Do you know how big of a deal it is that the last two pitching coaches that you've had, Coach Kelly and Wes Johnson, one is in Washington and got his team to the regional and almost won the damn thing, and Georgia, a team in the SEC that actually is trying to give a damn, is going out there trying to make their baseball program better based off based off everything that's going on in the SEC. So when you ask me the simple question, do I think Wes Johnson sucks? Don't take it from me. Don't take it from me. If you don't want to come here and say, oh, Blake's just sugarcoating. He's putting a, a, a lipstick on a pig. Jay Johnson said damn near the same thing. Wes Johnson is like a brother to him. He hates losing him. He hates losing him. He's right. But the simple fact that you have two head coaches out of two pitching coaches goes to tell you what they think of what you've done on the mound. Now, have you been limited? Have you had some injuries? Yes, yes, and yes. But it turns me to this. It turns me to this. Jay has and always will have a plan. If you believe that Jay Johnson did not know three weeks ago that Georgia was already kicking the tires on a new head coach, you're crazy. Georgia was already talking to people weeks in advance. Weeks in advance, things escalated when you went up to Athens and they saw it in person. 
Kirby Smart legitimately came out and said, I do not go to baseball games. Why is Kirby Smart there? Why is the entire administrative staff, we tweeted about this too, I might add. If you remember, we tweeted about this. And I asked, why is the, why is the entire acad, not acad, athletic staff at a game against LSU? And I get, look, people want to watch LSU. They love LSU. They love watching a guy like Paul Skeen's pitch. There's no question about that. But that doesn't happen at LSU when you're about to win, go to a Super Regional. The entire athletic staff isn't there. Not everybody from that AD's office is there. You have massive boosters that are sitting there. Along with Kirby and their athletic director. Why? Now you know why. Let me transition to this really quickly. I think this is what I know, and this is what this is an opinion. So the one thing that I know is Jay has his list probably down to, I would say at max, five guys that we're already starting to hear the rumblings on. We have been through this process with Orgeron. We've been through this process with Kelly. Me running out here and giving you names at the current moment without getting things validated at 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. on a Monday, on a Monday, I think we need to wait on that, okay? But he's going to be, he's already doing his digging. He's already doing his due diligence. And there's some people close in there that think he's already got, if not a decision made, he's damn near close. And... If you think Jay pulled off, if you think Jay pulled off something special last year going and getting Wes Johnson from the Twins, wait till you see what happens this time. (laughs) Wait till you see what happens this time. If Jay can do and Jay can go into the major leagues. By the way, the Twins were leading the AL Central. Okay? By the way, they didn't make it. Just going to throw that out there. When Wes Johnson left, they didn't make it. They they couldn't get over the hump. I think that there's a very strong possibility that he's going to pull some major moves here to get it done. One thing that I, one thing that I do want to touch on in an opinion piece, an opinion piece, is the simple nature that I do believe that you holistically, though, do need to recruit better at times in maybe some certain areas. But LSU does have some key arms, obviously not Paul Skeens, but you do have some pretty good arms that are coming in here, some key arms that will return. Edwards. Why is his name slipping me at the current moment? Uh, Who did we lose in the beginning of the season, Zach? Edwards, Appleby is another. And by the way, just going to throw this out there, just going to throw this out there, the portal is open. And if you hadn't gotten your AYS J. Johnson Portal King shirt, no, it's not Newt or Skeens. Taylor, thank you, Trey. Taylor. But you have Newt, Shores, Edwards, all these guys are returning. That's like me asking you this. That's like me telling you this, okay? I'm going to put this up from Stephen Young. 
with Schwartz, Edwards, Newton, Taylor. And Appleby, I might add. Appleby's a massive arm that will be in that pen if he doesn't work his way into his starting role. I'm just warning you, those are dudes. Two of those guys, or one of those guys, Edward, uh, no, two of those guys, Shores and Edwards, when the time they went down, both had sub-1-8 ERAs. They had Paul Skeens-type ERA. Maybe not strikeout, stuff like that, but they were both dealing. One kid was throwing damn near 100. You're going to be fine there, man. You just got to someti- sometimes relax. Relax. I think Jay has it done. All right, so let me do this because we do have um, Mark Garland that's going to be joining us in just a minute. We'll recap the entire regional. I do want to recap it with him. Um, I do want to recap it with him, but I kind of want to go through it um, ourselves. So let's do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. So, look, innings one through three really aren't – I mean – you kind of traded punches. It was like an early fight. So today, when you got out to Alex Box, basically it was like two boxers in the first couple rounds trying to fill each other out, both just throwing some some shadow jabs, getting their timing down, etc. Bottom of the third is when everything started breaking loose for LSU. You had a walk and a walk, so back-to-back walks by Riley Cooper in the bottom of the third. Bazana comes up for Oregon State and lays down a sacrifice bunt. So you have runners on second and third, one out for Oregon State. You get the little dribbler to shortstop. Jordan Thompson throws uh, throws out Smith at the plate. Then you get a ground out to Trey Morgan. For me, that set the tone, right? Like sometimes when it comes to hitting – a lot of times, it, 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 you you talk about momentum. You know, I remember listening to Tony Gwynn, my favorite baseball player of all time. Tony would talk about all the time. The reason, like when they would go to the American League before the, the National League and you did all the, the DH 24-7, Tony Gwynn would talk about, like his skipper would come up to him and say, Tony, you want to just DH today when they would go to an American League club? And Tony would be like, no, I, I, I kind of want to be in the field. Because every he says every time that I was out on defense and would even just catch a pop fly, would take a grounder, whatever, it really would get me going at the plate. Kind of exactly what happened for LSU here today is you make two really good defensive plays. You needed to get out of the inning. You have a sack bunt and Trey Morgan, probably the best defensive first baseman that you've ever had at LSU, runs down Bazana, runners on second and third, and you get two really good plays by your defense because this is what happened. With one out, Travinsky would come up and single in the center. Beloso would follow that by singling into right. Dugas got hit by a pitch. Brain Joe Bear would get the RBI because he got hit by a pitch as well. And then the man that busts – look, Dylan Cruz deserves to be the MVP, okay? 
there's no question that Dylan Cruz should be the regional MVP, which he got. What was he hitting, Zach, 645 or something like that? I mean, dude was blistering the baseball all weekend long. You want to know who LSU's MVP was the last two days? You, you want to know who it was? His name's Josh Pearson. His name is Josh Pearson. The triple in the game yesterday and then the triple, the two RBI triple today busted this thing wide open because you would get some runs. You would get three runs in that inning. You would come back in the top of the fifth. Travinsky would be back up to the plate with a one out. He would hit a home run in the left field. And then Beloso would come up right behind him and hit a bomb out in the right field. Let me stop right there. Hayden Travinsky is my is my is literally my spirit animal. The bash bros of baseball. Hayden Travinsky and Kay Beloso. If this weren't the early the late 1990s to early 2000s, I would think they're the Bash brothers from Mighty Ducks. Back-to-back games that happening. Guys, the last two days, you've hit the baseball at somewhat of a high club. You've had a shitload of hits. You've scored a lot of runs. Oh, and by the way, you struck out a lot of dudes, too, on the mound. Joe Bear would single. Thompson would single. And then Pearson would strike out. Doesn't matter because LSU's still going to roll. Every time, every time... Oregon State would come back and give a little bit of an answer. But in the top of the sixth, arguably, let's just call it arguably. Let's not debate about it today. That is for a different time and a different place. Arguably, the best player that you, and at least I know as Ben McDonald called it, position player to ever put on the uniform is we got the sign one right there. Dylan Cruz would come up and hit a home run off the Tony Sashery sign and continue to pile on. LSU would continue to have dominance. Top of the seventh is where the doors completely busted wide open. Dugas, who, by the way, had two hits today, might be a little out of his slump. Thompson would single. Pearson would single. Tommy White with the bases loaded. We get a two RBI single. And here's the crazy thing about it all. Yesterday, myself included, we challenged this team. In reference to when you have the bases loaded, can you execute? Guys, they did. Both times. Both times you start asking questions, what can this team do with runners in scoring position? You had the bases loaded three times yesterday. You didn't execute. You came back today. You got two runs the first time, and then you blew the doors wide open. Blew the doors wide the frick open in the top of the seventh. Now you go into a Supers. And as we are concurrently watching this watch party in Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, Kentucky is three outs away from Going to the Supers, right, Zach? I mean, we're in the bottom of the eighth. So, Kentucky's three outs away from coming back to Baton Rouge, a place that they've been before. This year, I might add. So, we'll see. Let's get to some comments before we get rolling. Mark Garland's going to be joining us 
Uh, I guess in a couple minutes. Um, we'll see. Uh, Elwin says, got to cut down on those pass balls, though. Don't disagree with that. Don't disagree with that at all. Stephen Young says, I think it was just uh, in case scenario, not saying he's playing for rants. Just shows Jay covering all bases. I don't know what you're talking about. If you're talking about, um, if you're talking about uh, Gavin Guidry, I, I don't. I'm not sure what he's going to do. I'm not going to sure sure what he's going to do. Uh, Mark, we can't see you, buddy. We can't see you. The screen's black. Uh, Eric sends a $10 super chat. Thank you so much for joining us, Eric, and thank you so much for the super chat. He says, I appreciate your LSU postgame shows all season long uh, of the best game ever invented baseball and looking forward to see some more. Let's go Tigers. I agree, man. Thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, we, we enjoy doing them a lot. We enjoy doing them a lot. A lot, a lot. Uh, Andrew Paulson Martin says, if he didn't play baseball, Travinsky looks like the biker at the Sturgis motorcycle rally you don't want to F with. Um, look, man, I don't mean this to be in a weird way, but my man's got a full, full Manchu going on here. And he might've been a he might be before his time. He might be a late eighties, early nineties porn star with that stash, man. No, not, 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 not trying to be weird. Not trying to be weird, but look, Hayne, Hayne is just an entire vibe, man. I tweeted this out, and, and when you look, we're at 20,000 followers on Twitter. Don't mean that in any way. But when you tweet something out like that, the backlash that comes on you when you say what I'm about to tell you I said on Twitter, it just, it, it can rain down you on times. I don't know of a, of a, <laughs> just a dude that is so much fun to cover more than Tane Travinsky. Hayden Travinsky has got to be the most fun LSU Tiger that I've ever covered, not named Joe Burrow. He is by far the funnest dude to cover. It's not close. All right, yeah, we got you, Mark. We got you. Um, good. So we can get to him. All right, a couple more, then we'll get we'll get to Mark Garland, who's going to join us. He covers uh, the Beavers for Oregon State. Uh, but Father Bear, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, the Father said this week, he said multiple prayers, lit multiple candles for your LSU Tigers. But he said, correct me if I'm wrong, but Newt, Appleby, Taylor, Shores, Edwards all had Tommy John and won't be ready by season opener. You would, you would think so. You would think so. All right. We do have two outs. We do have two outs here uh, in the Kentucky-Indiana uh, regional. I don't want to keep Mark waiting. So let's do this. Let's do this. If you've ever done radio before or podcast, you're in a rock between a hard place because you got a guest waiting, but you're waiting for this third strike to go through. All right, Mark says we're good, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hiya! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, that's going to be a foul ball. It's going to be a foul ball. It's really looking like we're about to face Kentucky, a team that you beat two two out of three uh, two out of three in Baton Rouge this year. 
Hoopin Jones says the new Manscaped commercial with John Daly and his son is so funny it hurts. Yeah, our good friends over at Manscaped did send us the was it the, the it's they told they hold on. I got it right here. Hold on. Um Blake. Uh, blah, 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 yeah, it's got 20 guards on it, man, so for you to shave your beard. How about that? How about that? Nussbus says Indiana having to sleep on prison cots. Oh, man. You know what? If Indiana's going to come on back, we're going to go ahead and get the commercial break, and then we'll uh, we'll get to Mark Garland. I'm not going to play this Rudy Pooh thing with them. Not going to do it. All right. Let's do this. Let's talk about our good buddies over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com, and our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Back soon, Mark Garland. Let's recap the series next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. He will sell your house and find you anew. Well, Tyler's the man. He's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. Tyler Alexander is a local realtor right here in the Denham Springs, Louisiana area, and he services the entire South Louisiana area as well. Tyler is ranked in the top 2% of EXP realtors in the entire state. Buying or selling a home can be very stressful, but Tyler will make that process stress-free for you and your family and provide a customer experience for you, not just a customer service. Give him a call or text today on his personal cell, 225-955-0008. That's 225-955-0008, and let him get your home sold or transition you into a new one. All right, so we're, we're here back. with Mark Garland. Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir, to AYS. Thank you for joining us. How are we doing tonight? Doing great, man. Great to be here. Uh, you know, it's a sad day when Beaver baseball ends, but it was a great series here, so I'm all right, ready to talk about it. So, listen, before we get to everything that happened in this regional, Mark, I, I just want to say, when you talk about heavyweights of baseball, like, Bro, Oregon State has nothing to hold their heads over at all. Like, Bazana, dude, look, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but if Turley goes into the portal, 
I mean, he yeah. won't, but you, you look, that man going to make a million dollars in NIL like that around the bayou if he did. I, I'm just saying, it was a look, either doesn't really matter what side you're on. It was a lot of great baseball this weekend, Mark. Yeah, there was. There's a lot of big performances from a lot of people, and that's that's what you look for really when you want to see this college game grow and expand. I've seen that the gap in the have and have nots has closed quite a bit. These teams have really narrowed that gap between these teams that are, you know, the traditional blue bloods and then the overall teams. It's getting really close. There's a lot of good teams out there, a lot of good players, but especially in this LSU Oregon State rivalry, I mean, that's just great. It's great baseball to see, you know, going into the first game 5 6, LSU wins it with that Joe Bear. I mean, what else do you want? You had a chance to compete. If you're a Beaver fan, you had a chance to compete, and LSU really tuning up, ready for the Supers now. It looks like uh, probably going to have Kentucky. Yeah, as Kentucky uh, did just win against Indiana, it'll be LSU and Kentucky in the Supers down here in Baton Rouge. Hopefully we don't have any rain this week, Mark. Uh, I agree, man. That was brutal. That was rough. Well, it's July 1st, baby. I mean, and it, it, look, as a, someone who spent 33 years in this great state of Louisiana, June 1st usually means hail and, and thunderstorms. I'm just going to let you know. So, I mean, Skip Bertman didn't bother Skip, and, I mean, he he won, he won some, uh, some, some championships. Let's start with the game today. Look, yeah. Oregon State was down, I, I felt like, to some of their last arms. Look, but Larson came out and really dealt. Mark, I don't really know where to go with this other than to just ask you, where do you think this game turned? For me, it was when Cooper got out of the third and then Larson came in and you got some runs in, the bases loaded, and LSU converted. Do you think that was the turning point there uh, in the game today? Yeah, it was. I mean, Larson did everything he could, man. He battled. To, to, to put anything against that kid, he, he really came out there and did more than was asked of him to show up today and take down that lineup for a while. And then when the Beavs don't score there in the bottom of the third there, that, that's really kind of took the wind out of the sails for this team. And, you know, they were competing in every way possible. But when you're just out of arms, man, that extra game hurt. Even though they didn't have to use a ton of guys in that same Houston State game last night, you still use arms, and then you're trying to figure out how to piece it together for another one. It's really tough. And we were already missing Kamats and Hunter, who are two starting pitchers, and we're already missing those guys for the season. So what – I know that, you know, it was reported that those guys were out. Was it UCL, Tommy John? I mean, like – They both – so same thing kind of happened to Jacob Kamats. They haven't really said it would come out. He had dead arm, so he just threw a lot of innings, and he just started getting some shoulder issues and tightness and stiffness, and it was more preventative than anything. He just couldn't go. He tried throughout the week to get ready, um, and he didn't play in the Pac-12 tournament just trying to get ready. He couldn't go. Hunter got hurt earlier in the season, and he came back for three innings, and then in the start of that third inning when he was throwing, he just that tightness came back, and it's all down his side. And his yeah. Shoulder. That's it. I mean, as a pitcher, if you don't feel right, we're not going to go out there and throw you when you're not feeling right. I agree with that. Uh, as an outsider, as a guy that, I mean, look, you cover Oregon State baseball, you do not, on a day-in, day-out basis, watch LSU a lot like how we don't watch Oregon State. But um, your thoughts on LSU? I mean, what, what did you take away from this weekend from them? So being part of College Baseball Central, you know, I do the national show. Every right, weekend, right, right, right. Uh, the weekend rotation. I've been huge on this lineup from day one. I've said it from preseason. I say it today. This is the most dynamic and scary offense that I've met in college baseball. I've said it in my top 25 poll. People kept getting mad that I kept putting them ahead of Arkansas. And I said, Oh, don't you look like a genius today, Mark. You look like a damn genius today. Just throwing that out there. I just, I just don't understand (laughs) what I'm talking about. Like you look at this lineup, 
one through nine, and when they're healthy, boy, it's scary. I mean, there's no there's no easy outs. There's nobody you're sitting there going, this guy could hit double digits home runs any season, and then I got to throw him <clears> in the nine hole. Hmm. Yeah, him hitting two. So Josh Pearson hitting two triples. I mean. I, can I be a little honest with you? It kind of sh- surprised me a little bit. I mean, <laughs> if y'all are like, damn, there's not, you know, surprise my ass a little bit too. Let me ask Listen, you. If go he's going to hit like that, though, you and that's should. the kind of production you're going to get from this lineup, uh, and, and the way that Thatcher heard through against this Beaver lineup, who was on fire, they really were hitting the ball well. Thatcher Hurd goes out there and they get 19 strikeouts in that game. If that's the way the performance you're going to get from Thatcher Hurd, Boy, look out. This LSU team is Omaha looking. So now we fa- I'm going to ask you about Kentucky in just a minute because, look, Kentucky was the number one team in the RPI. I mean, it's – and I know RPI, people say it is what it is, but, it, look, it's the metric that we have right now, okay? So I'm yep. just um, – we'll get to them in just a minute. What are some maybe weaknesses that you saw from, the, from you know, this weekend and maybe something that LSU has to correct to make a push here? You know, I'd like to see a few more base hits mixed in there. So you saw a lot of the big extra base hits, and they took a lot of advantage of that. I'd like to see a little bit more small ball, just just a few more base hits mixed in there. You know, guys like Tommy White did a good job with two strikes a lot of times. He had a couple bad strikeouts, but just really spreading his legs out, getting out there and hitting those ground balls right side, making stuff happen. It felt like a lot against the Beavers was a home run or bust situation in a lot of those. Right. And, you know, you can live on that, but you can also die on that. Look at Tennessee last year against Notre Dame. It killed them when they were home run away. And they could not catch back up against this Notre Dame team. And, Mark, to, to really interrupt you there, how crazy is it? Because this is going to happen now. You know that this is how baseball works. This Tennessee team's going to get to Omaha, and last team's, last year's team didn't. And last year's team would wipe the floor with this year's team. Let's just call it what it is now. That's just how baseball works. But, look, Chase Burns might be the hottest hitter in the country. <laughs> Let me tell you this. If if I was facing him, like, this weekend, he ain't getting a swing off, bub. I will tell you that right now. It just He's mashing the baseball. One thing that I did think that was interesting, you brought it up, so I want to I want to hone in on this. LSU yeah. was 7 of 39 over the last four games with runners in scoring position. That is horrendous. But they do turn around today, though, and bases loaded, you get the hit by pitch and the sack fly, and then Pearson gets the, the two RBI triple. Is that what good teams do, Mark? I, I mean, it, look – You've struggled for so long. Dylan Cruz has struggled for three weeks. Everybody's like, oh, no, he struggled. He's going he's gonna to fold down the stretch. He hit 645 this weekend, okay? Yeah. Let, do you think that, like, when you see a team struggle and then all of a sudden everybody's just kind of bursting out, is that something maybe maybe they are getting a little hot here? Or am I just being a little too biased? No, you're you're, you're dead on the money here. Here's the thing. Teams that make a run at Omaha get hot at the right time. This LSU lineup is getting hot at the right time. Like I did say, I would like to see them get a little bit more small ballish with those runners in scoring position, move them around a little bit instead of hitting those deep fly balls. But I do think they're moving the right direction, especially getting to play at home against this Kentucky team. That, that They're set up for success in this one here. And then moving forward to Omaha, that's my problem with Omaha, though, is that if LSU is going to rely on the long ball, it's really hard to hit a home run there. It is really tough. <laughs> Bear Trade is a big ballpark. And, and man, it, I've so listen. I've not been to TD Ameritrade. I've been to Hoover, okay. And I've obviously been to LSU. 
it just it feels bigger. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like the stage is bigger. You know, when I'm walking into Hoover, all right, don't tell Sankey, but <laughs> I mean, maybe I should have, you know, just had a buddy that, you know, got me in there. Never, nevertheless, I agree with you. You're going to have to get a lot of bigger base hits, getting some uh, uh, shots in the gap. Um, but look, some of those balls that LSU hit this week, and look, the one today, look, the one that Charlie hit, the one that Charlie hit over the batter's eye, Mark, it just passed by my house again. Okay, like, <laughs> like those balls are out of anywhere. Uh, yes. Which does bring me to my question: Do you think the balls are juiced? I've asked every guest that when we talk baseball, I'm, balls are juiced, right? Like they're, they're yeah. Barry Bonds type balls. I'm not, I'm not the, crazy. The most home runs we've ever seen in college baseball by a long time, and that's considering the bats before BB core. That's considering those '90s bats that were minus uh, three quarter inch bigger. Minus yeah. three TPX. Yeah, they had the minus fives in the '90s with those Miami teams. Like, oh my god, me, man! And now we're talking about you know the most home runs ever in college baseball across the board. Listen, these kids are getting bigger and stronger, but it ain't by that much. It ain't by that much. Let me ask you this. Because, yeah, you had like the Todd Walkers for an LSU perspective. We have not had a Dylan Cruz, though, like in this era. Like you've had my took, okay, but my took didn't do this, okay? Are more guys not taking the money and coming to college baseball? Because if you're listening to Dylan Cruz, so Dylan came out last week and said, listen, it was the best decision I ever made because, you know, when I leave here, I'm not going to single A. Like, it's double A, triple A. I mean, they're going to, you know, look, the process is the process. He'll get a week here, a week there. But they want him in double A, triple A as quickly as they can get him there. That's what the reporting is. Are more kids coming to the SEC, Oregon State, out in pack, like, I just feel like there's better dudes now than we saw maybe five, six, seven years ago. Am I crazy? So there's a couple reasons for that. One, the draft got shortened, right? So it helped a lot of guys stay longer. It really got these guys to stay in the draft. And the other thing is the facilities in college are better than single and double A facilities. The team that they have around them, the staff, the health and wellness, and just being on a college campus versus having to be on a bus for half your games why on earth would you ever go if you have a chance to go play at you know lsu or you're going to go play at texas or you're going to play at any of these big time college programs why on earth would you take nine hundred thousand dollars to go sit in single a high season single a and go sit in the bus in mobile like there's right. no reason for that when you can go look at these facilities now the the fact is money in college baseball has gotten better the facilities are getting better across the board. You look at the average fan attendance is way up. It's almost 20% up this year again off of a 17% last year. And people are building bigger stadiums. You're playing in front of bigger crowds at LSU than you do until even until Major League Ball. You're playing in bigger crowds than you do than you at, at Arizona. You're talking about you're, the Diamondbacks <laughs> have a smaller crowd than the, most of the SEC schools. How, how, so, about, how about this, Mark? Now, there's only four teams. Let me give you an example. There's only four teams right now on average, okay? I think this was two weeks ago, maybe, and I think it's going to change. Four or five teams that are outdrawing teams like LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee. Tennessee, okay? Like, that's – I know that we're not in postseason play, and and MLB will make that up once, you know, the season really gets rolling. But, man, that is unreal, Mark, that that me and you can sit here and have a conversation after a regional and our teams play – and we're saying, hey, and by the way, Mark, 
there was a rain delay in the South. The entire South had a rain delay, yeah, and they're still everybody. winning. Okay, everybody, the entire South. Speaking of that, let me transition here to a little bit because I know you, you did mention you talk, you, you do the show nationally, you put in your top 25 every week. Let me ask you this. Arkansas and Vandy have got to be the biggest, uh, I don't want to say upsets, but Oral Roberts getting in here, uh, Auburn going 0 for 2. Man, that does not – TCU just beat the dog crap out of Arkansas. I mean, took them out back and slaughtered them. Are you surprised as I am that some of these teams like Xavier taking down Vandy and Arkansas getting beat down by TCU? I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I, I thought Vandy really coming into it was playing great baseball. And you're talking about they won the SEC tournament. So you're talking about a team that was on fire right. coming down the stretch. They had figured it out offensively. You were looking at R.J. Shrek. You're looking at Bradfield Jr. You're going – this team's figured it out offensively. They're going to put – they did nothing. Man, they were not spectacular. Uh, they struggled against Oregon, who's missing all their pitching, by the way. They're throwing all freshmen and sophomores, and then Matt Dallas. All right, hold, hold on one second. Can you just <laughs> – can you repeat that? Because this goes to my Wes Johnson thing from earlier. Can you please repeat that? Yeah. I, I was surprised that that Vandy offense did nothing compared to all those freshmen and sophomores for Oregon that were really taking care of business Interesting. There. Yes. And you're talking about young guys out there that were doing it and beating up an experienced Vanderbilt team that was supposed to come in and take care of business. And then when they're just not scoring runs, because they should have beat Xavier, right? Scoring one run against that team, Xavier is not a team that's going to shut you down. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, the Arkansas one, you know, they're supposed to have all this pitching. They're supposed to be able to shut down TCU. TCU, I even said in a lot of pregame stuff, was like, I didn't think their offense was that good. Boy, was I, I'll eat crow on that one. That offense came alive at the oh, right wow. time. And they just tore off. I mean, Trey Richardson had two home runs all season, and he hits four against Arkansas. So I don't know what else you want from that. Two, like, what, the one, the grand slam against Hagen Smith. Hagen Smith's the best left-handed pitcher in the country, in my opinion. Like, I mean, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, I, he's untouchable most of the time. And then he got touched up hard. And it wasn't just him. Every pitcher that Arkansas had put out there was getting hit. And that was the surprising thing from a DVH roster that usually pitching and defense is how they live. They, they, they couldn't live on that this weekend. All right, let me ask you this. I'm going to get a little petty here, okay? okay. You don't have to go into my pettiness. <laughs> a lot of people freaked out that Campbell didn't get a host site. I don't mean this in a wrong way, but South Carolina, the team that had quote-unquote been struggling, broke it off in their ass. I don't mean that, but they – look, that was a – you want to talk about a slaughtering. That was a slaughtering out there in Columbia – is the RPI right? I, I mean, no. Okay, it's not. Let, let's be honest. Okay, because I had South Carolina as a top eight team. I still thought they should have been a national seed. Okay, that team was okay when they're healthy. That team is a top eight. Team. No There's doubt, no doubt in anybody's mind, right? And they finally got all their pitching back and they got all their lineup back. So when you're talking about they finally get McGillis back and then they match it up with Petri, who's who's hot as a freshman, they put that lineup back together and they got all their pitching back. Boy, this team this team looks like an Omaha team, right? When they're healthy. So why would you say that they don't deserve to host? I mean, they played so good in SEC ball. They competed the whole time that they were healthy. They really were a top five team all year until they had some arm injuries. If those guys weren't back, sure, penalize them. But no, that that, that South Carolina deserved to host. I feel like they should have been higher. Campbell, great season, great story. I love Justin Hare out there. That team is not a host team right now. They're, they just right. weren't, and they've struggled against UC Upstate. If they had gone out there and swept them to end the season, 
then they have an argument. But when they struggle to have to win the last game to win the Big South Conference title, they're, they're not a host team. All right. I know I said a couple more, but I got to get some of these in. Kentucky, what's your thoughts? Look, so let me say this. We got up close and personal with Kentucky this year. Uh, people will remember this. It was the series that Jared Bear Jones hit the ball out in the left center field and said, F you to the guy on the mound. A lot of people didn't like that. I get it. LSU takes two or three. Man, I think that LSU just matches up well with Kentucky. That's just my opinion. What do you think about the Wildcats? So this is my thing about the Wildcats. They had more bunts than the rest of the SEC combined, right? So they had the most sacrifice bunt. They had the most sacrifice hits. They're, they're kind of a small ball team. They feel like a West Coast team playing in the SEC. So they have to do something different, right? Because they don't have the athletes to match the rest right. of the SEC. I get it. They don't match up well with LSU, especially, like I said, if Thatcher Hurd is throwing that well, Kentucky is not going to be able to do the little things and try to get in this ball game by doing the bunts and hitting runs and all these little things and sacrifice hits. I, I don't think that this is a good matchup at all for Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky has the pitching to keep LSU off the board right now. I don't think that they have the hitting to hang with LSU, especially at Alex Box Stadium, where that's going to fill up with Tiger fans. If it doesn't rain. I, I, I see no way, no way that Kentucky hangs in this one, in my opinion. All right. Last one for you, I promise. Who's your team's going to Omaha? I mean, look, I, I you, you can go down the entire list, but is there a team you're in love with right now? Because let me tell you a team. Let me tell you something. Here's my hot take of the night. Okay. <laughs> okay. I hear things are, or I do hear there's some rumblings out in Alabama, and I don't think they're hiring the interim, but I think that they're hot. Okay. You know, my superpower. I tell my wife all the time is I drink and I hear things, and I learn to listen. <laughs> I think that there's some buzz going on around Alabama. Look, that team. It doesn't matter at this point. Oh, they got Wake Forest. The matchup doesn't look good. I like Alabama, and it look the chat right now is going to kill me. An LSU dude saying that he likes Alabama. It it doesn't benefit me in the slightest. Yeah. I I think that they can hang with Wake. Maybe I'm wrong. Is there a team that Mark Garland is in love with? Listen, I I cover the Beavers, and I'm going to tell you right now, a team that my fans are not going to like. Oregon, that team is playing well. They get Oral Roberts, and they're going to get them in Eugene, right? So playing in PK Park, that kind of builds right to their facets. I think that Oregon is going to get to Omaha. I picked them as my dark horse to win the Pac-12 in the preseason, and then they end up doing it for me. This Oregon team has the offense, right? And that's what you kind of look for. Are you hot at the right time? Do you have the offense? Do you have enough pitching? I think they have all those things to beat Oral Roberts. I like them a lot. I also love – Love, love, love what I'm seeing from Virginia. That Virginia lineup has come to life, and the pitching has been elite. Now, they didn't have elite pitching all season. All of a sudden, these guys flipped a switch and figured it out. If this lineup continues to hit like that, they're, they're going to Omaha, no problem. All right, I lied. Um, <laughs> here's the last one. I li and I promise this is the no, last one. No, you can hit me up. I got right. time. Oklahoma State and Miami. How many times are they going to host something or go to a regional, super regional before we say enough is enough. Uh, let me we fix the RPI system. That's what it is. I mean, these teams get the benefit of being in the RPI. So you're talking about Oklahoma State doesn't even win their own conference regular season or conference title, right? So they don't win the postseason or the regular season conference title in Big 12. Big 12 was way down this year, okay? And you're going to just go ahead and gift them the number 11 seed because you think that it's a good matchup. I don't love what the committee does with those matchups. Miami... 
just continues to blow it, right? Like this is a team that was not that great. Uh, they kind of put it together in ACC play, but that's because they didn't have to deal with Wake for the most part. So when you don't have to deal with the best team and you dealt with a Vautech team who was down, Virginia who was down at the time, the RPI is a little skewed in those guys' favor, and that's why we're going to keep seeing these guys, these kind of teams, host until they're until it's fixed. So, what do you change? How do you change the RPI? Drop the bottom five games, so that helps teams like the West Coast, right? So, the West Coast historically worst RPI that we've ever seen. Everything west of Stillwater, correct? So, when we look at this here, even Stanford was in the twenties for RPI, and they had a great team, it was a great season, right? So when you look at it, if you could drop some of those five bottom five games, because Oregon State's got to play Portland. Okay, they're a plus 100 RPI. Horrible for right. them. They played Western Carolina because they just needed a game to end the season because they had the opening there at the end of their Pac-12 season. So they threw in all these games that ended up dropping their RPI by 20 by the end of the season. They're down in the 30s, and they finished second in the Pac-12. I think that you drop the bottom five teams in your RPI and you take the conference RPI and you kind of drop that down a little bit. So instead of having conference RPI weighted equally to what you're talking about non-conference, drop the conference RPI a little bit. So you're talking about non-conference and actual wins meaning more to the RPI than your actual conference RPI. I think that that makes sense. Look, I'm I'm horrible. Auburn Auburn shouldn't be where they were, right? Like, they got two and queued. They're an okay team. They played good down the season, but they shouldn't be a 16 seed right now. They shouldn't be in the top 16. Here's the only argument that I have on Auburn, even though I'm going to get roasted. The last six weeks, they've won all SEC series. So, at what point do you reward Auburn for doing that? So, like, even though it makes me look like a damn idiot, which I probably am, you know, I mean, are you not going to reward that? But then – but then, like you mentioned, then I see Oregon do what they did against Arizona. Arizona's not a bad team. I mean, yeah. I mean they uh, look, they're just not. And and like you mentioned, Stanford, I, I'm with you there. I, I just don't under, I don't know what how to fix it. I think what you what you're saying is probably right, but you, I just don't have any faith that they will do that. Right, and obviously the committee president was the AD at Auburn. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're talking about the big the big money's in the south southeastern conference, right? So we're talking about big baseball. Your southeast conference, your ACC. Now ACC hasn't won a title since you know 2001 or whatever. But that you're wishing that the money is there. Well, that's where the money is. So they're not going to obviously put it up in the Pac-12. They're not going to boost up these Big 12 teams. Big 10 is going to get zero love, even though they really had pretty decent showings across the board in these conference term in these. Uh, uh, regional brackets but until they figure out what the rpi really means for these guys and how to really rank these guys rpi was better than the previous system which was just a bunch of coaches deciding who was the best right mm-hmm. so we're, we're going down the right path but i think that this kind of showed that the conference rpi skewed it a little bit too much well i will just end it with you here last statement i promise um I know of some coaches that were asked what teams they want in their in their regional, and they got them. RPI or no RPI. Some of them, <laughs> it bit them in the ass. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Mark, you've been so great. Thank you so much. I, I apologize for last Thursday. You know how no, us Italians man. work, man. They got spaghetti and meatballs, lasagna over here, and everybody's, you know, freaking out like, oh, Uncle Blake can't come. So – 
Thank you for being so flexible and with us. Tell everybody where they can catch your stuff. We got so much baseball left, and they need to absolutely go follow you, follow you, and everything that you guys are doing over there. No, I appreciate it, Blake. Yeah, uh, collegebaseballcentral.net. Uh, we have the website up and everything on there. We got about 38 riders nationwide now. Um, we're covering everything that you're looking for. We got all 16 teams. I'm going to be in Eugene there covering that regional, uh, that super regional. So if anybody wants to get a hold of that one, I'll be down there covering that one. And then big thing for me is just, you know, Margartin on Twitter there. I got it listed underneath my face there. But have me on anytime, man. I'll come talk anytime baseball. We probably will. You know, I probably you know, look. I'll, I'll hit you up at the end of this, or, or tomorrow morning. We'll uh, we'll get you back on on the show. Look, I am a baseball goon when it comes. Look, I, I don't like staying up and watching these games that late. But squeeze play. Mwah. Thank you, sweet oh, baby so Jesus. So great. So All right. good. All right, Mark. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right, that's Mark Garland joining us. Always fantastic. Always fantastic. Uh, I did put this in here. A lot of people said, "Well, Blake." Bama can't hang with Wake. Well, Notre Dame couldn't hang with Tennessee last year either, right? So as we go through all of this, there are some teams I like. Like, I love Tennessee right now. I don't know. Did A&M win? No. I bet you A&M going to win. They're going to lose. Or is it tonight? God, do you know how great it would be to have A&M and Texas battling it out <laughs> all right before we get out of here let's talk about a good friend steve bean and what they're doing over there uh in the bayou and out there in covington let's talk about a good friend carol false we're gonna end it up i'm gonna give you a prediction on something then we'll wrap it up stay with us bayou daiquiris at bayou bowl and go is owned and operated locally by steve and lisa bean you can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive through daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Because you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish, it's a Louisiana thing. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. Blaine Griffin says, TCU going to be hard to beat. I agree with you. I 1,000% agree with you. Um, Yes, Nick, I'm going to try. I need to text him. But, yes, I'm going to try. Um, they're they kind of been locked down. They kind of they kind of been locked down, but we'll we'll try we'll try. Um, look, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Great show! Don't panic on West Johnson. That's all that I know. It's all that I know. All right, Zach, are you ready? to Get on out of here. Let's do it. We'll see y'all tomorrow, guys. Peace.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.